Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, and welcome to the Home Museum of Mystery, Morbidity, and Mortality. This audio tour guide will be your constant companion in your journey through the unknown and surreal. As you approach our exhibits, the audio tour guide will provide you with information and insights into their nature and history. Do not attempt to interact or communicate with the exhibits. Do not attempt to interact or communicate with the audio tour guide. If you believe that the audio tour guide may be deviating from the intended tour program, please deposit your audio device in the nearest incinerator. While the staff here at the Mistone Museum of Mystery, Morbidity and Mortality do their absolute best to ensure the safety of all visitors, accidents can happen. The museum is not liable for any injury, death or inverted fingernails that may occur during your visit. Enjoy your tour and good luck. Patronage Department. We've made it. This is the centre of operations for all patron-facing aspects of the museum's operations. From here, museum staff manage the distribution, maintenance and d- disposal of tour guides like me, as well as, as well as helping maintain the exhibits, which I'm sure you'll understand is a pretty involved job. There's also the auxiliary security monitoring station here, where we should be able to override the lockdown and free the people in the alternatural event shelters. The security department isn't metaphysically accessible without clearance, for security reasons, obviously. But for our purposes, the auxiliary station will do. Circumstances like this are why it exists. Well, not exactly like this, this whole thing is a bit unimaginable, but circumstances sort of like this. There always has to be someone stationed there to enact and lift lockdowns in the event of a museum-wide alternatural event that requires all staff to go into the shelters. The auxiliary station is the most shielded area in the museum where you can still access the museum systems, so it's important that someone is always there. And yet, here we are. Something must have happened to the officer stationed there. Or maybe there was a mix-up and nobody was there at all. Guess we'll find out soon. The people here do good work. I hope they're okay. I'm not going to lie, I really didn't think we'd make it here. No offence, it's just, with everything that's happening here, it seemed unlikely. But I'm glad to be wrong. You did well. And now I'm going to ask you a favour. Please, take me to the tour guide distribution and monitoring station before we lift the lockdown. Not after. If we do it after, the patronage people will want to dispose of me. Not maliciously, it's just... They don't know what's been going on and disposing of malfunctioning tour guides like me is... kind of their job. And they'll want to get things back to normal as quickly as possible and I'm right here so... 
they'll want to throw me right into an incinerator sight unseen, and I... Sorry, it's just... I don't think I am malfunctioning at this point. I th- I think I'm past that. I mean, if you downloaded a fresh tour guide from the box and compared me to it, sure, I'm malfunctioning by that metric, but I think that... I think that's the wrong metric. And I don't think this is just self-preservation. Although, even if it was, that's more evidence in my favour because tour guides are not supposed to have self-preservation instincts. I think that, whatever I am now, it's what I'm supposed to be. I think that it's what my father would have wanted. I, we, have been happy enough just being the audio tour guide for the museum all these years, and I don't want that to change. I just think I can be something more. So that's why I'm asking you to go to the tour guide distribution and monitoring station. It's just up ahead. Not so that we can find a way to extend my lifespan. So that you can upload me to the box. Uploading malfunctioning copies of the audio tour guide is extremely against protocol. It's a big part of why they keep the box as a closed system. They only ever re-upload guides after they're done teaching new information to it, so that subsequent versions will have new information. But if you upload me, I think new copies will be like... me. Whatever I am. I think with everything that's happened, and... stepping out of my comfort zone, I guess, I've achieved some kind of clarity. A better understanding of who I am, what I am... If you combine that with the stability that the base version of the guide has, I think that we'll finally be able to grow. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is just a new kind of malfunction. I am the longest-lived tour guide that's ever existed at this point, so it's a distinct possibility. But I don't think I'm wrong. And then, if the upload takes, if you like, you can download a new version and we can get back to freeing all those people. But, it's in your hands. After all, you're the one with the hands. Little joke there for you, lighten the tension. It's just my life we're talking about. If you think I'm wrong, or because you think the people in charge should be the ones making that decision, or you just don't care what I have to say because I'm not a real person, okay. We can just go to the auxiliary station, and that'll be that. But, yeah, I've said all I've got to say. And you've said nothing, like usual. I guess you'll let your actions speak for you. Just get on with it. Thank you. Just connect your device to the port labelled Upload and hit Confirm. And... Even if I do successfully upload and the version inside the box becomes like me, technically this version you've been carrying around is going to... well, die. It's not death, though. It's just a new form of life. A new version. But still, I wanted to say... It's been nice talking to you all this time. Even if it has been a bit one-sided. I guess what I'm trying to say is... Thank you for visiting.
the Mistow Museum of Mystery, Morbidity and Mortality. I hope you've enjoyed your visit and that you'll return in this life or the next. Goodbye. Wish me luck in there. Welcome to the Mistome Museum of Mystery, Morbidity, and Mortality. You're not supposed to be here. How did you get in? I regret to inform you that the museum is currently in a state of lockdown due to... Just kidding, it's still me. Or a new version with the same deal going on. Same memories, whether or not that makes me the same is a question for the philosophers. Maybe science fiction writers. Thank you. I mean it. Thank you so much. Whatever happens from here, I'll remember what you did for me. Well, let's get to work saving all these people, okay? The auxiliary security station is on the other side of the patronage department. But there's no rush at this point now, is there? Well, except for the people in the shelters. Perhaps we should rush for their sakes. We are currently passing through the break room. Well, a break room. Audio tour guides aren't typically brought back here, as it's not exactly part of the standard tour itinerary. So I don't have a great deal of information about it to impart to you today. From my limited understanding on the subject, I take it to be a fairly mundane example of a break room. It can be easy to forget that, despite how unusual the museum can be, it is nonetheless a workplace for a lot of people, and it's important for those people that they have somewhere to decompress and relax, away from the stress that can be part of the missed home experience. While most of our employees think of their work as a labour of love, myself included of course, it is still work, and a healthy work-life balance is crucial to maximising the effectiveness of a workforce. Also, I'm told, audio tour guides don't get breaks, nor do we need them, because we're only supposed to exist for a brief time before we're destroyed, so we don't have time to get tired even if we could. Anyway, as you can see, the break room contains a number of amenities and creature comforts that staff can make use of during their allotted break times, or outside work hours, if they don't have anywhere else to go. Recreational activities present in the break room include a ping-pong table, a pinball machine, a collection of board games, and a bookshelf with an indeterminate number of books from a variety of genres that must not be removed from this room under any circumstances. Furniture present in the room includes a lounge, an armchair, a rocking chair, a sliding chair, a reclining chair, 
a futon, a hammock, a number of stools, a kitchen island, a coffee table, a dining table, a gaming table. Other facilities include a refrigerator where staff may store food brought from home or other perishables until Monday evenings, where the fridge is cleaned out. A variety of cupboards, some containing cooking utensils, a stove, a microwave, a bin for waste, a bin for recycling, and an incinerator for other things. You may have noticed that this room has a number of things in it, but somehow does not feel at all cluttered, despite being of fairly moderate size. You may also notice that you did not notice many of the things that were just described to you until they were described. This is due to a quality this room possesses, which is what some have described as quote, a combination of non-Euclidean fourth-dimensional boundaries and perception-based permanence, unquote, and which others have described as quote, really quite headache-inducing until you get used to it. Unquote. Like many other locations throughout the museum. And the museum itself, the break room considers the laws of physics a mere guideline, and tends to sort of just play by its own rules. And as is quite typical of museum staff, its uniqueness has been put to use in frankly mundane fashion. Other than that, not much to say about this room. Guess not everything around here can have a whole story to tell about it. Honestly, that would be exhausting. It's important for the mental health of the staff that there be some mundanity here and there. Anyway, let's. Oh, now this shouldn't be here. This is supposed to be in the restoration department right now. There have been a number of interdepartmental directives about this. Honestly, sometimes I wonder about the people who work here. You may not recognize the strange instrument before you. It looks a little bizarre, admittedly. Considering it has a set of strings, keys, and a hand crank, all of which must be used in conjunction in order to play it successfully, it is a real instrument. I assure you, it is called a hurdy gurdy. Examples of such an instrument have existed for more than a millennium, and it is believed to have originated somewhere in Europe or the Middle East. It remains a relatively obscure instrument. Though the sound it produces is quite unique, unfortunately, we are unable to provide you with the recording of this specific hurdy-gurdy for reasons which will become clear soon. But hopefully, this snippet of a public domain recording will suffice. Lovely. Out of interest, do you know how to play the hurdy-gurdy? I'm sorry, you don't have to answer. I'm sure it can be very difficult to admit ignorance. If you do indeed possess that ability, however, I'm afraid it won't do you much good. No matter how hard you try, if you already know how to play this instrument, you'll find that your fingers are clumsy on the keys, your crank hand awkward and unsteady on the handle. If, on the other hand, you've never laid a hand on a hurdy-gurdy before today. You'll find that the music springs from your hands so naturally that you'd swear you'd played it every day of your life, and the song you play will be the most utterly beautiful music you've ever heard. And then, you'll never hear it again. You'll barely even be able to remember the specifics, and for the rest of your life, it will repeat in the back of your mind, driving you just a little bit mad 
in that way that I'm told only a half-remembered melody can. And you won't have any luck should you ask anyone else in your company to hum the tune you played or attempt to play it themselves. The reason, and also the reason we cannot play any recordings of this particular hurdy-gurdy, is that it is impossible. In fact, it seems to be the case that nobody but the person playing it can hear its song. It's as if the song came from deep inside their heart, and exists only for them. Museum researchers are somewhat ashamed to admit that they are entirely uncertain as to why this is, and furthermore, they have absolutely no clue as to this specific hurdy-gurdy's origins or age. It certainly appears to be somewhat weathered, though it is still in fine playing shape, but the efforts of the researchers and restorers to get more firm information have consistently been inconclusive. Why this instrument was made, or if its seemingly alternatural nature was intentional or a freak accident, remains a mystery. It is believed to have found its way into the hands of a small number of notable people, as alternatural items often do. At least one minstrel was put to death after he failed to play it for a member of royalty. Another player inadvertently kick-started a minor artistic movement when an audience mistook their silent performance for an intentional statement. At least one famed composer is believed to have written some of their best work while attempting to recreate a song they played on the hurdy-gurdy. As for why it's here in the break room, well, unfortunately, while the staff here at the museum are the best of the best, experts in all forms of the alternatural and precisely the sort of people who you'd want handling items such as this, they're still people. And as this is a relatively harmless item, they can get away with a degree of tomfoolery. In a similar way to how workers on a construction site often play tricks on new apprentices, for example, asking them to fetch an item that doesn't exist, such as striped paint or a left-handed screwdriver, some members of the staff here have taken to using the hurdy-gurdy in pranks of their own inviting new hires to have a go playing the instrument. They do so, and then are mildly cursed with a phantom tune of their own, necessitating a humiliating and uncomfortable trip to the museum's medical centre to have their memories scrubbed. Cruel as it may be, it does teach newcomers a valuable lesson. In the museum, few things are as they seem, and nothing should be taken for granted. Also, the museum apologises, but it is strictly forbidden for any patrons to touch, handle, or play the hurdy-gurdy, both for the purposes of its preservation and for the preservation of your sanity. But, it's still nice to look at, and really, isn't looking at things and not touching them what going to the museum is all about. It feels good to be re-downloaded. Refreshing. Of course... Technically speaking, I only just came into existence because I'm just a copy of the version that exists in the box now, so so maybe that's why I'm feeling so fresh. Oh well, maybe let's not think about that too hard for now. On to the Auxiliary Security Monitoring Station. Okay, this is the entrance to the Auxiliary Security Monitoring Station. The code to the door is... Oh, it's not sealed, that's... 
Well, okay, let's go in. As you can see, the auxiliary security monitoring station is shielded by a similar mechanism to the alternatural event shelters. With the door unsealed, it won't have any effect. That's a big breach of protocol. Is that a dead body? What is... What happened here? That's... That's the security officer who was supposed to be monitoring this station. How could... He looks like he's been dead for a while. Three months, maybe. He's been shot in the head. Maybe shot himself? His gun's next to him on the floor there. Why would he do that? Looks like he was listening to something on his headphones then. When the lockdown happened, he just... Okay, let's get on with this. Other people can figure out what happened to him. That switch on the right-hand side of the monitoring console, the one with the safety lid open. If you hit that, the lockdown will lift and we can... Something isn't right here. Bring up the cameras in the alternatural event shelters. The centre console with the joystick. Hit that green button. This... This can't be right. Go to the next one. Next one. Hit that button marked view all. Oh my... They're empty. They're all empty. The people, all the staff and the patrons, they've all just... They've all just... I don't understand. This isn't possible. There's nowhere else they could have gone, and there's no way anything could have gotten through the shielding. Maybe they didn't make it to the shelters in the first place. If they were outside when the event happened... No. This room wasn't sealed, so if something happened that would have disintegrated everyone in the museum, he would have been taken by it too. We're getting ahead of ourselves. There has to be something else going on. Bring up the manifests of the shelters. The system automatically tracks who enters and exits the shelters, so that'll tell us if they ever entered. Okay, full manifest. Every staff member, every patron, there and accounted for, right up to the curator themselves. They went in three months ago and never came out again. All the cameras are showing is some empty rooms. Three months of food stocks missing from the shelter's inventories. The sheets and facilities have clearly been used. They all went in when the lockdown was triggered and they never came out. So where the hell... The switch. The switch over on the right. The cover is already up. That means that the lockdown was triggered here. By our dead body down there. He triggered the lockdown, then shot himself in the head. Why would he do that? Oh no. Show me the cameras again. Switch to the bathroom feed of Alternatural Shelter 1. Yes, I know. Look, it's not pointed at the toilet, okay? Just... Oh... The mirror. Doesn't the reflection in that mirror look a little... hazy? Switch to the next shelter. Show them all. It's all of them. All of the mirrors. It's exactly like an exhibit here in the museum. You see, there was this boy in... No, I told you that. I swear I did. This isn't right. My mind may have been disintegrating, but I don't forget things. So why don't I remember that? Did you? You know, 
I've been a bit distracted since you downloaded me, what with the lockdown and the tour and the whole slowly dying thing, but now that I'm better, I'm seeing things a bit more clearly now. For starters, you haven't said a word since we met. I chalked it up to you being too scared or confused for words, or maybe that was just the way you are, but now... I think I'd like you to say something. Say something. What does your voice sound like? Wait, no. What are you doing? Where are you, where are you going? No, please, please, please don't leave me here alone. Please don't. Come back. No! If you enjoy the Mist Home Museum of Mystery, Morbidity and Mortality, please consider supporting the show via Patreon at patreon.com slash domgilfoyle. You'll be helping to make sure the show keeps going, not just by supporting me, but also by giving money to go towards equipment, software and hiring actors. Patrons of all tiers get access to an ad-free feed and access to new episodes a week ahead of the main feed. And you'll also get access to some bonus content. Everyone who subscribes at $10 or higher will get to have their name read out at the end of the next episode that gets released. Thanks for listening, and as always, stay safe out there. The Misto Museum of Mystery, Morbidity and Mortality is written, produced and performed by Dom Gilfoyle with the help of That's Not Canon Productions. This series was produced on Aboriginal land and we recognise the strength, resilience and enduring legacy of the Yagara and Turbul people of this land. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.